Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Exodus chapter 3 and verses 1 to 14. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Well, I believe God calls ordinary people like me and you to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. And, and this is well illustrated in the life of Moses. Moses was a, an ordinary guy like us. Yet he is arguably the greatest leader in the Old Testament. But actually, as we examine the life of Moses, and, and particularly as we examine God's call of Moses, we get to discover that, that actually he wasn't that great after all. But he served a great God. Now, we need to put this story into its context. 
It was about 400 years earlier that Joseph and his 11 brothers and their father Jacob moved to Egypt. And during that 400 years, uh, their descendants, the, the Israelites, became this great nation. But then a new Pharaoh came to power, and he enslaved them and oppressed them, and being concerned by their, their population explosion, he introduces this very brutal birth control scheme. Every newborn Israelite baby is to be drowned in the Nile. One survives, Moses. And Pharaoh's own daughter finds Moses floating on the Nile in a, well, a Moses basket. And it, it, with great irony, uh, Pharaoh's own plans are ruined by his own daughter, who then ends up getting Moses' money, paying Moses' mother to nurse Moses. And so Moses ends up being brought up as an Egyptian prince in Pharaoh's household. And Moses has this strange dual nationality. He's an, he's an Israelite, a, a nobody, and yet he's also a somebody, a prince. However, when Moses is 40 years old, he goes out one day to see his own people, the Israelites, and he sees their hard labor and how they've been oppressed. And when he sees an Egyptian god beating up an Israelite, he just loses it. And in a moment of passion, he kills this, this Egyptian god. When Pharaoh finds out about it, Moses is forced to flee. And so he leaves his place of privilege and he flees down to a place near Midian to uh, uh, a wasted desert, desert land you know, in the middle of Noeville. It's just a desert wasteland near the Sinai Peninsula. And over there he finds a wife and he becomes a shepherd. And so once again he's a nobody. He's gone from being a somebody, a prince, now he's a nobody. He's, he's an outcast. He's a runaway. He's a failure. He's a, he's a mere shepherd in a desert at the back end of nowhere. And this is where we pick up our story in, in Exodus chapter 3. And the first principle we discover over here is that God meets us in unusual ways within our everyday experiences. And we read in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And so what we discover over here is just business as usual for Moses. It's just another day of tending the sheep, his father-in-law's sheep. Nothing special, just a normal day. He's not seeking God. And then in verse 2 we read, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. The angel of the Lord, the angel who, who represents God and speaks for God, who, who normally appears in the form of a human, now appears in the form of fire. Fire is a, a very common symbol for the presence of God in the book 
of Exodus. And we read on. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. Moses is curious. And so he goes to investigate. When the Lord saw that Moses that, that he had gone over to look, God called out from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Taking off your sandals in the Middle Eastern culture was and still is a, a sign of humility and reverence in the presence of the divine. But what's really significant over here is that God meets with Moses in his everyday, ordinary routine. And God still wants to meet with us in our everyday experiences. But the question is, are we going to be open to hear God? Are we going to be open to listening to God and seeing God in our everyday experiences? Or are we going to be too busy for God? Imagine if Moses said, wow, that bush is weird. Well, I better get on with work. And that was the end of it. Are we too busy for God? Too busy to be curious and investigate. Too busy to be open to God, to listen and to hear God in our everyday experiences. The second principle we discover here is that God has a plan for the world and you are a part of it. In verse 7, through to eight, God says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land, out of that land into a good and spacious land. And as God is saying this, I can just imagine Moses going, Yes. Yes, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been longing for. You see, this is good news. God is saying he's about to step into history. He has heard his people's cry because of their slavery, and he's going to step into history, and he's going to rescue them. He's going to set them free. He's going to lead them out of Egypt and into a good land. And Moses is going, yes, yes, yes. And then God looks at Moses and says, and you are going to lead them out of Egypt. You see, the real shock comes in verse 10, where God says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And the amazing thing we discover over here is that God chooses to work with and through people. It would have been a lot easier for God just to rescue them by himself. It would have saved him a lot of trouble. He could have just performed a miracle and transformed and, and transported his people from the Nile by a, a flying magic carpet to the promised land in an instant job done. 
But God chooses to work with and through people. That's the amazing thing. He chooses to work with and through people like Moses and, and like us, like, like me and you. The third principle we discover here is that it's okay to feel inadequate for the task. In, in verse 11, you know, God has just told Moses this amazing plan and, and how he's going to be a part of it, but Moses feels the need to interject with his own opinion. <laughs> and in verse 11, we, we read, but, but Moses said to God, I mean, rather than just saying, okay, I'm in, I mean, the bush is burning, but it's not burning up, and there's a voice coming out of the bush, okay, I'm in, rather than saying that, he, Moses feels the need to interject with his own opinion. And he says, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? And with that simple question, what Moses is effectively saying is, I'm a nobody. I'm an outcast. I, I, I'm a failure. I, I'm 80 years old for crying out loud. <laughs> I can't do this. And perhaps that's how you feel at the idea that God is calling you to be part of his plans. Perhaps you feel inadequate. Well, if that's how you feel, then we need to listen to, to what God says to Moses. And this leads us to our fourth principle. God is with you. And in verse 12, God said, I will be with you. It could also be translated, I am with you. Now what's interesting over here is that God doesn't correct Moses' perception of himself. God doesn't say, well, what do you mean? Who am I? Moses, you are great. You are awesome. You, you, you are a born leader. You just need to believe in yourself. You can do it, Moses. He, he doesn't massage Moses' ego. Rather, he seems to agree with Moses' perception of himself. Now, if we read in between the lines, God is effectively saying, yep, yep, Moses, you, you are a nobody. I know that. You're, you're a nobody. But that's not important. What is important is that I am with you. What's important is I am with you, and that's all you need. That makes all the difference. You see, when God promises to be with us, He's promising to be with us by His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will empower us and enable us for the task. So it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about us and how good we are and how sorted we are and how talented we are. It's about God and how good He is. And God's going to be with us. And that makes all the difference. We see this in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10. Moses complains that he can't speak very well. We're not told exactly what his speech problem is. It could be a stutter or it could be a case that he just is really bad at public speaking. And so speaking to Pharaoh and the royal court is he just can't do it. We don't know. But God's response in verse 12 
is now go. I will help you speak. Or, or literally in the Hebrew, I am your mouth. And I will teach you what to say. Effectively, what God is saying is, I will be with you. And that is all you need. You see, it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about us and our abilities. But it's about God and our availability. God is not going around looking for some super gifted, super talented people who just have loads of natural abilities. No. What God is looking for is people who are available. Who are saying, here I am, Lord. Send me. The fifth principle we discover here is that you will need to exercise faith. Now, in verse 12, God gives Moses a sign. And he says, this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now, that isn't a great sign, is it? I mean, I think I've seen better signs on a French motorway. I mean, it's only after the event that he will see the sign. I mean, he first has to lead the people out of Egypt, and then that will be the sign that God has called him and sent him and is with him. And it's the same for us. We first need to step out in faith. We first need to trust God and step out in faith and be obedient to God. And when we do that, we will experience the presence of God, and that will be a sign to us that God has called us and that God is with us. Sixthly, it's not all about you. It's all about God. In verse 13, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? So, so Moses is envisaging the scene where he's trying to explain to the Israelites that, that God has sent him. And he's, he's kind of imagining, he's going like, well, there was this bush that was burning, uh-huh, but, but it wasn't burning up. Right. And, and, and then this voice came from the bush. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this voice said, that it was God, and he was sending me to rescue you guys from slavery. Right. And what is the name of this God? <laughs> in, in a polytheistic worldview where they believe in multiple gods, it was, it was imperative to know which God this was. Was this the real God, the creator God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And so Moses is asking God, well, can you tell me your name so I can pass it on to them? And God says in verse 14, I am. And Moses is thinking, yes, yes, this is what I'm asking. I am who I am. Which is not really a name, is it? I mean, I am, I am. But it does describe the very essence of God. 
God is not I was, He is not I will be, He is I am. He is the, the one who is always present, the one who is always active now. And, and if God is I am, that means Moses is I am not. You see, if God is I am, if God is the active one, if God is the one who's actually going to rescue the people, that means Moses is not. And I can just imagine the scene, the, 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 the Israelites looking at this 80-year-old man and saying, are you, are you going to rescue us from slavery? And Moses saying, I am not. But I know I am, and I am well. And the Israelites saying, oh, do you think you're some kind of big shot? I am not. But I know I am. And I am is. You see, it's not about us. It's all about God. It's all about God's presence and God's power working through us to achieve God's plans for God's praise. It's all about God. And so we need to stop making excuses. Seventh principle, stop making excuses. In chapter 4, in verse 13, Moses finally says to God, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. And at this stage, you just, you just kind of feel God's running out of patience with Moses. And so God agrees that Aaron can come along and help him. His brother Aaron can come along and help him. But then Moses does stop making excuses, and he does obey God, and he puts his faith in God. He trusts God, and he steps out in faith. And we, too, often make so many excuses. Why we can't, why are we not going to have, why? At some point, we just need to stop making excuses. Put our trust in God, obey God, and step out in faith. The call of Moses is amazing. I mean, it's a seemingly impossible task. But this 80-year-old guy from the back end of nowhere with a, a speech problem and a serious lack of self-confidence is able to lead a nation out of slavery. And he becomes a great leader. But actually, he's just an ordinary guy. He's just an ordinary guy like you and me. But he serves a great God. And that makes all the difference. You know, God doesn't say to Moses, look, you're not a failure. God knows he's a failure, and it's the same for us. God knows us. He knows our flaws, and yet he calls us. God has good plans, but they're not about us and how great we are, but they're about God and how good and great he is. And so the question is, in what ways might God be calling you? He might be calling you to something wonderful like Moses, or he might be calling you to something entirely different. But God has placed each and every one of us on our front lines for a reason and for a purpose. 
He's placed us into our school classrooms. He's placed us into our workplaces. He's placed us into our social networks, into our sports clubs, into our families for a reason and a purpose. And so the real question is, are you willing to stop and listen? Are you willing to take off your metaphorical sandals and listen and hear what God is saying to you, where he's calling you? Because our world is still full of evil and suffering. It's still empty of love. It's still full of poverty and hunger. It's still in desperate need for God's love and God's forgiveness. And God is still in the business of bringing an end to brokenness. And you have a part to play in that. It's not going to be easy. God knows us. He knows our failures. He knows we're not perfect. We're still going to be the same people. But He calls us to be a part of that. To trust Him. It's not about us. It's all about Him. Are you going to make yourself available and allow God to come into your life and change the world around you? See, I believe God is calling all of us today to be part of His mission. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much that You... You choose to work with us. You are a great and awesome God. It's all about you. You could do it by yourself. But you choose to work through humanity. You choose to work through us. Even though we might be flawed, not perfect, you know our faults, but you still call us. Father, help us to hear you, see you, be open to you in our everyday experiences, whatever that is. Help us to see what you are doing amongst us. Father, we pray that we wouldn't make excuses. That we would realize it's not about us, it's not about how good we are or how great we are, but it's about you and how good and great you are. And so, Father, we want to open ourselves up to you afresh. Won't you speak to us now by your Holy Spirit? Put things on our hearts, burden our hearts for how we can make a difference for your kingdom. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.